Well, thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You are listening to episode number 255, and uh, this is my conversation with comedian based out of L.A., Andy Hendrickson. Now, Andy will be traveling through town, uh, through the Prescott area this coming week, February 22nd, and you can get a chance to see him at the Elks Theater, the Crystal Hall upstairs at the Elks Theater. And if you can't... uh, if you can't make it on the 22nd or you live out of the area, maybe you're down in the valley, well, then you can catch him on the 23rd and 24th, Friday and Saturday, down in Glendale at Stir Crazy Comedy Club. Uh, he was uh, He's a hilarious guy. Had a great opportunity to talk to him. It was a lot of fun. But you can check out andyhendrickson.com, and there's links to all his social media there. Please go follow it. Um, follow all his accounts, sign up for his newsletter so you can find out where he's performing around your neighborhood. And uh, best yet, get on there and subscribe to his YouTube channel, Andy Hendrickson Comedy uh, at YouTube there. There's a link right on his website. Great clips uh, from around the country, a bunch of different clubs, hilarious stuff. And uh, links from his dry bar special, and you can see his entire dry bar special there as well. So check it out. Great stuff. Uh, really looking forward to meeting him in person because this episode was recorded uh, differently than normally when we do them on location and in person. We recorded this one on Zoom. So um, not my favorite way to interview just because I like to, you know, be in the same room and, you know, easier to play off people and, and, and have a great conversation. But it worked out fine. I the Hopefully it sounds okay to you folks. And uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, have traded some messages with Andy and then uh, face-to-face on Zoom, of course. But I haven't met him yet in person, so I'm looking forward to doing so on the 22nd at the Elks. Also joining us, J.C. Anderson in this podcast. Now, J.C., the booker uh, for the uh, comedy shows at the Elks, as well as the Orpheum Theater and Flag and a bunch of other places around Arizona. He's got some interesting stuff coming up, uh, some new venues he'll be working with. He is usually at the Elks, but he will not be this week because he will be down in uh, San Luis Obispo at the Slow Comedy Festival. And uh, so uh, have a great trip, JC. Enjoy your time at the festival. I've known uh, a bunch of folks who have performed at that uh, that festival in San Luis over the years, and they, they all rave about how much fun it is. And, and I haven't been to San Luis Obispo in years, but uh, way back when, I spent a lot of time there visiting friends who went to Cal Poly. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of stories that uh, I probably shouldn't tell. Um, <laughs> but uh, JC, enjoy it. Follow JC at Comic JCA only on Instagram and TikTok because he has been kicked out of all the other social medias. I don't even know why, but he uh, got a death sentence on Facebook and he's no longer on Facebook, but Instagram and TikTok at comic JCA. And again, andyhendrickson.com. Follow all his social media, including his YouTube channel. Also going to be on the show Thursday at the Elks is Michael Patrick Hurley, his kind of home club. Oh, he he performs all over the Valley and in the Southwest. But Michael Patrick Hurley is kind of based out of Stir Crazy. I hope I'm okay saying that. Uh, that's where I've seen him most of the time. Uh, very funny guy. He's got some connections with some family up in Prescott. So he's performed up here several times as well. Great guy, funny guy. He will be on the bill on the 22nd at the Elks. And also... Uh, Luis Avina, he is a uh, comic out of Flagstaff. He's associated with the Flag Laughs uh, group. They're on Instagram under Flag Laughs. And he does some radio work up there in Flag as well. Uh, Have gotten a chance to do some open mics with Luis uh, recently up in Flag. So this will be his first time performing at the uh, the Elks in Prescott. So come on out, check out uh, Andy Hendrickson, Michael Patrick Hurley, and Luis Avina. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. Uh, hope to see you. There's a nice write-up in the Courier in Prescott this week on Aunt Andy as well. And uh, as always, 
The Mile High Show is brought to you by Bully Dog Coffee Company. BullyDogCoffeeCompany.com is where you can place your orders for there. Ah, Bully Dog Coffee Company. Big, bold flavors for your big, bold hearts. Now, Patrick Bowler, founder and top dog at Bully Dog Coffee Company, is my neighbor and friend, and he roasts beans locally right here in his uh, workshop and uh, then delivers them to his subscribers all around the area. He hand delivers and personally delivers them. It's great. BullyDogCoffeeCompany.com is where you can place your orders and find out uh, about his organization. That's a really great coffee for a great cause. He takes a very large portion of his proceeds uh, from his coffee and gives it to local canine rescue organizations, primarily those that look out for pit bulls. Uh, he's very passionate about his work. He's very passionate about his coffee, and it shows in the flavor. Big bold flavors for your big bold hearts. Bully Dog Coffee Company. J.C. Anderson, Andy Hendrickson, and myself uh, enjoy the show. We haven't again. started yet again. We've be, been doing this for half an hour. I'll, <laughs> I'll roll in some of this into the <laughs> intro and the outro on that. But we'll start. And and Andy, thanks for joining in. Uh, we're looking forward to having you up in Prescott uh, next week. And, but right off the bat, let folks know where they can uh, where they can find your info, plug away your socials, your web, whatever you got. Yeah, most of my socials are just my name, just at Andy Hendrickson, I believe I'm one of my Facebook accounts is Andy Hendrickson comedian, maybe on TikTok, Andy Hendrickson comedian. But I'm sorry on uh, a- Andy Hendricks comedy on Facebook and your YouTube as well. See, yeah, I don't even know, but just if you look up Andy Hendrickson, you'll find it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but uh, no, sorry, go ahead. My website's andyhendrickson.com. If people want to look all that up, they can see all my clips and. Um, you know, see that I'm funny, and then see, come see that live, hopefully. And, and we'll we'll educate you right off the bat, even though it's spelled Prescott. Uh, Prescott. It's Prescott, and if you do not say it correctly, they will be happy to educate you uh, from the seats. Yeah, that got to be careful. That's their things. That gives them the sat- satisfaction in life, making yeah, an do. outsider feel unwelcome because they don't <laughs> understand understand how to pronounce it's i mean scott s-c-o-t-t-t does anyone have a friend named scott it's spelled s-c-o-t-t you don't call him skit hey this is my buddy skit (laughs) well the funny part though is there there are several uh families here by the name of prescott prescott and they go by prescott and some of them are related to the original founding members of the family that founded this area so they pronounce their names prescott but not the city. And What's normally, it? normally the ones that complain are the folks like me who have moved here from other areas. The people who have been here for like multiple generations, they're like, eh, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's the, what's the industry that founded that town? Uh, if we really want to bore the hell out of people, mining. let's talk about, was it mining? Okay, mining, that makes yeah. sense. So where, where we're performing, where, where we're going to uh, look forward to seeing you live is at the Elks, Prescott Elks Theater. And uh, it's a 125-, it's a 130-year-old theater that's a main oh, theater. Wow. And we perform uh, up in the Crystal Hall. It's a ballroom upstairs. Uh, and it's been there for, like I say, since the early 1900s. And, wow. Wow. Uh, and it's right on or a block off of uh, the famed Whiskey Row. So I don't know if you've been. Have you ever been up through Prescott before? No, I don't think so. It's a I don't remember. really cool little town. We're right on the courthouse square. So picture, if you will, uh, the clock tower in uh, in Back to the Future. You know that uh, that big. Yeah. Old, yeah, that's what the courthouse looks like. And it has a big old clock on it. And big lawn area where during the summer there's, you know, live music on the weekends and things. And then Whiskey Row, which is Montezuma Street, uh, which is basically a bar. Every other storefront is a bar and a live music venue kind of thing. And oh, the, cool. his, the history of it kind of depending on who you ask. And there's a, there's a guy here who's been on the podcast before, Brad Courtney, 
who's written a bunch of books about the history of Prescott. And the Palace Hotel and Bar is uh, a lot of a lot of the older towns have it. Tombstone has similar, where the the staff is all dressed in uh, you know nineteenth century costumes. You know, they're, so they're they're all period dressed. And uh, the bar is actually the original bar from like eighteen eighty. Big, huge mm. mahogany bar, beautifully carved. And the, the legend is is that uh, when Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday owned the palace way back when they owned the bar, uh, a couple of times throughout its history, Whiskey Row burned down. You know, they had big fires that wiped everything out. And at one point when uh, Wyatt Earp owned the place, <laughs> the building caught fire and Whiskey Row was burning. So they got axes, chopped the bar out, carried it across the street to the lawn at the courthouse, and then everybody sat there drinking beer, watching uh, watching Whiskey Row burn down, and uh, then they put it. That's kind of how I close. That's my closer, actually. So, <laughs> going to be fun. But yeah. a lot, a lot of history, and uh, and it's a fun little town, known for its music. And JC, with his anger management, has brought uh, brought comedy on a regular basis to it. It's also it's also town. a college town. It has a uh, few colleges there. It has a. Uh, Prescott College, which I don't know what that is, Matt. Is that actually like a no, it's college a, or a community college? No, it's but a then, college, and it's and a very, yeah. very. Uh, it's the hippie commune of the town, of a very conservative there. town. Then they have Yavapai College, which is close to where we're at, and then they have Emory Riddle, which is a pretty big school for aeronautics. Ah, I I performed there. I did, so I have been there. So it, then. The, it's right. Yeah, it's, kind I remember of off, doing that. Off, it's kind of off and like tucked away in this little yeah. desert fo- forest area. So you've probably been to Prescott. And then yeah, it's uh, yeah, aviation school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. now they have a sister campus. I think their main campus is in Florida. So there's a Embry Riddle in Florida mm-hmm. and then the one here. Uh, World renowned. A lot of, lot of, lot of, a lot of pilots come out of there. A lot of drunk Delta United <laughs> Airline pilots. <laughs> and they do have an airport there so they are not like they do have airport you can fly into but it's a very small airport we used to fly out of it where i live in flagstaff we used to fly into prescott which yeah, got, it's uh, cheaper to drive and yeah, they got flights to la out of there uh out of prescott so i you know i did a little I did a little diving into and 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 caught a bunch of your clips andy hilarious stuff including your your dry bar special that's in, that's that's on youtube uh the full Thank special you. and a lot of great clips but this is one thing i found a couple one story i wanted to talk to you about uh out of uh, oh a couple of years ago i think out of ohio but one of the things that pops up about third down when you google Andy Hendrickson news is uh, a, a, a substitute teacher with a very similar name uh, uh, who was arrested uh, for uh, this is a substitute teacher gets 11 months in jail for a sexual account encounter with a student. And thankfully that was not Andy Hendrickson, but it was very close. What's Hendrickson? Was it Hendrix or Hen- no Hendrickson? It pops up under <laughs> your name, so I needed to make sure. Okay, that's not that's not the guy, and it's got a different picture. So uh, I used to yeah. be a substitute teacher, so I don't know if it's Ky- the same. Kyle, Ray the time Hendrix. I went to are you talking about the time I went to jail for eleven months? <laughs> <laughs> Were you really a substitute teacher? <laughs> no, <laughs> Kyle Ray Hendrickson. So uh, that was not you. So thankfully. yeah, that was my that was my alias, <laughs> Kyle Ray. Here. And uh, I went to there jail, we and then I decided to cover it up by there being you a go. comedian. There he is. <laughs> oh, oh crap! That's... He, I mean, we kind of have the same shape head. Yeah. Oh. And he, but he looks pretty bummed that he got he, he, he got in trouble. Right? Yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> so all all your dates are on on your website. Uh, how much traveling around do you do? How much road uh, road work have you been doing as of late? Um, it ebbs and flows. Yeah, but uh, it's been pretty busy. It's been pretty busy. I, I'm I'm going to try and slow it down a little bit this summer and yeah. spend some more time at home. But uh, and just do spots around uh, L.A. Nice. But um, yeah, part, I've been getting part? I've been getting around. 
What part of LA do you live in? I'm in Santa Monica, a couple oh, nice. miles from the beach. Yeah, it's nice out here. Beautiful. I mean, I could go into some reasons why it's falling apart, but <laughs> it's pretty nice. So uh, I was looking at uh, w the one story that I was looking at, one of the stories that I was looking at was from a few years back um, on one of your, your extended road trips uh, to the Middle East. Yeah. You, if, you, if you know which, which story I'm talking about, um, you had a little bit of a, you were, the story mentioned you and a, and a band you were, you were performing, uh, alongside yeah. shows. You had a little, that's a crazy story. Yeah. I want to hear that. If you could elaborate on that a little bit. So, um, and it's funny that you found that because, uh, I've always known the story, but I didn't know that someone wrote an article about it. And then I found that not maybe couple months ago I, I was like you know self indulged like googling myself <laughs> i went way down the list and i found this article written by some military journalist but so i was doing a, a tour in afghanistan with it's called the outback feeding freedom tour and we went around and performed at all the all these different bases and outback the the steak restaurant they provided um the meal. So they brought, they flew all these steaks out there and blooming onions and they had a crew of like 31, I remember 31 people. So I'm traveling with all the Outback people. And then there was a band called Goldilocks yeah. and the lead singer was this blonde lady. And, and, you know, she had the, her musicians. I, I, I stayed, I crashed with the musicians on that tour. Anyway, it was a good time. It was a wonderful experience. And, but, um, our last show was in Kandahar at this huge military base, which by the way, just side note, back then they didn't have a way to um, get rid of uh, wastes on this base. They had taken over the space from like the Russians when the Russians were in Afghanistan, like many years before. And uh, they had this, they had this place called the poo pond. It was just a, a giant <laughs> lake of <laughs> I don't know if this is clean. You want me to be clean? But it was yeah, just, a giant lake of, <laughs> just a giant lake of just a giant lake of human waste. <laughs> and so we were on that base for a while. It was so so hot. And um that was that for some reason we were on that base for a longer stay, like four days or something like that. But um yeah, when the wind shifted, man, that changed your whole day. <laughs> but uh so um uh, Back then, um, there was local people that would work on the base, and they were still dealing with Al Qaeda back then. So they would they wouldn't advertise the show on the base until like the day before. And this was the 10, 10 year anniversary of uh, September eleventh. So um, we put on the show. They tell you before they give you training that uh, in case there's a rocket attack, you're going to hear this noise, and they play it for you. It's this this British lady's voice. It's like, boop, rocket attack. It's a really, really pleasant voice. Rocket attack. <laughs> anyway, um, they say, get down on the ground because when these, when these rockets come in, they blast the shrapnel goes up where, and you're safer on the, on the dirt. So um, I'm telling jokes. I don't know how many people were there. Something in my brain told me 2000, but I went back and looked at the video one time and, I was like, nah, it was probably more like, there's at least 500 people. And um, all these military soldiers, they got their fatigues and their weapons and they're, they're watching the show laughing. And I have that clip somewhere, by the way, if you, if you want to mix it in, or if you, oh, if you end up using that. this, yeah. um, not the clip of the, the rocket attack, which I'll tell you about. So I'm telling jokes. And then all of a sudden there's all these people laughing. It was going great. And I hear rocket attack, rocket attack. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> and uh everybody all the soldiers they just hit the dirt everyone's standing there i'm telling jokes and then and then everyone just hits the dirt and i say into the microphone i'm like oh shit, you know because it just was how i reacted and uh i realized i'm standing on this like six foot high plywood stage which is in my brain like oh rocket hits this thing is just going to shatter into a million pieces this is i need to be on the ground 
anyway, so I ran, I looked back and there was like general, there was like a general there watching the show at this particular thing. Cause it was the big event on the base. And I'm like, I'm just going to go lay down next to the general, you know, that's probably a safe place to be. <laughs> so I ran back towards the general and got down. And then, um, I can't remember exactly what the protocol was, but the, you lay there for a minute or whatever it is, a couple of minutes, two, three minutes or whatever until they, and then you get into the bunkers in case there's more rockets come and the rockets. Uh, so I'm in the bunker. I still have this wireless microphone with me, by the way, that's still live. <laughs> I'm like talking to guys in the bunker. I'm like, they're like, Oh, you're the comedian. I'm like, yeah. You know, I got the mic. And uh, finally, everything we get the all clear. Luckily the rockets didn't hit anything. And um, they come back and they're like, sir, sir, would you like to continue doing the show? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? And uh, I went back out. There was maybe a, a third of the people there. And then even my first joke was, do you think it was something I said? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking but, at uh, 910. The, the, the photo that's on this story was from 910 of 2011. Okay, like so it was, yeah, just no, the day before, day before the show. And then the story was posted on 912 at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, So you're oh, okay. talking the anniversary of 9-11 in Afghanistan yeah. where Al-Qaeda is. Yeah, right. Exactly. Man. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a, that was a wild, that was a wild time. But um, now I've done shows where, you know, I bombed, but that's taken it really literally. <laughs> I mean, the drum roll. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, uh, it, you know, we're all fortunate that nothing. Um, yeah bad happened but it would have been cool if it like i told a joke and then a bomb exploded <laughs> in a field nearby right like the perfect timing and i'm like really nothing <laughs> but uh were you there by yourself or were you traveling with other comics no so this one was i'd i'd been one other time over overseas to perform for the troops in iraq which i want to say was 2007 that was a group of us. And that was, I can't remember what that was called, but it was a tour that this guy put together of all comedians. He had some connections to the military. Um, but this, t this one was just me. Gotcha. And, you know, that was about what? 13 years ago. It's what, 14 years ago now. 20. I don't know, 13 years ago. Anyway, I, um, it would have been better to perform with some other comedians, yeah. you know, because it was a, a band that did cover and, and the, the lead singer was this kind of attractive blonde lady, bleach blonde and all the, I, I can't remember what we figured out, but we, we, we figured out an order that was better. I think yeah. it was better for the band to go and then me and then the band again or something like that. Because um, once she got up there, people lost interest pretty quickly yeah. in what I had to say. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking at the picture here, and I, I kind of tuned you out there for a minute. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm telling a boring story, so that's what happens. No, so you guys want to hear about my taxes? How, how was the rest of that trip? I mean, did you have any other instances like that, or was it all pretty uneventful as far as uh, uh, uneventful, yeah. reaction? Yeah. We got to, we, I can't remember which base we went to, but we were at, you know, cause we're jumping around from different bases and, but, uh, there were some SEAL team guys out there and they let us fire off a bunch of different weapons. Nice. And I got to shoot like a grenade launcher and stuff like that. And then when I went in 2006 to Iraq, that was with four other comics and that was, that was really cool. And that was, or 2000, it might've been 2007, Who was but it was early on, uh, Oh, you know what? Arizona guy, Bob Kubota. Kubota. Was I was going to ask. He's he's and he's a staple over there at Stir Crazy as Com well. Yeah, it was a call. It was called Comics on Duty. That's what it was. Bob Kubota. He did it with Don Barnett, huh? He did the. No, Don was the, wasn't at No, but that, I think that guy does a lot of them. Was he does a, the. I thought he did a movie about it because Bob was on that too, where he made a movie about the whole overseas comedy show. Oh, Bar okay. Barnhart. Don Barnhart. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Mark Sweeney, who's a St. Louis comic, yeah. a Warren B. Hall, who I, I don't know where he's at nowadays. I think he was in Indianapolis. But um, and then um, Jeff Capri. 
Yeah. So there's five of us in Kubota. It was a good time. I have a good video of me. Uh, I was pretty fit back then yeah. trying to outdo uh, pull-ups against the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you know Bob, you can ask Bob. Bob's been up at the shows at the Elks a few times. I've had him. Oh, on. yeah. Yeah. He does really yeah. well up here. He's great. Bob's a great guy. Yeah. So what other, uh, you know, that's, there's, there's not much that can top a, 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 a bad road trip other than rocket, you know, the rocket announcement, but in your travels, what other kind of, if you can rack your brain, what are some, uh, what are some real hell gigs that you've had? On I mean, road? I've told this story on podcasts before, but, um, there's a bug on my screen, uh, back in the day. I was doing gigs for the comedy zone. They're still around, but they had a lot of one nighters, mostly in the Southeast. I started out in Atlanta. So um, I did a town, uh, Paducah, Kentucky. And it was one of the first times I was headlining. So, I mean, I, you know, you know, when you're young and you're comic and you're trying to get ahead and you're like, I'm ready to headline, like headline me, headline me. And they finally headline me. And, uh, and I wasn't ready to headline, <laughs> <laughs> especially in Paducah, Kentucky. But, uh, so I, you know, I, um, I could tell you the long version, but the, the short version is I went in, this place was a giant steel warehouse that they had converted into a nightclub slash bar slash pool hall and all open space. They didn't have a stage. The comedian stood in the middle of a dance floor that had the lights underneath it. And um, everyone sat on folding chairs. And I remember I'd, I'd, I had been at the beach or something the, for a week, uh, the, the week before. So I had like a nice tan and I was like, I'm headlining. I better dress up. And immediately I just, I went in there. I just did not fit in there. Like, who's this city slicker dude douchebag right <laughs> and so um i started talking to the owner of the place and i remember him telling me that he knows he used to be in this marine kill squad or something like that and i was like i questioned him about it and he didn't like the fact that i questioned him because i could i could tell he was full of it and uh <laughs> yeah i i didn't realize when i was questioning him that i had pissed him off but i pissed him off and so anyway during i was headlining I didn't fit into this place at all. Uh, I didn't have the material to do this kind of room. Um, the middle act was a female who the, who the owner was hitting on the whole time. She goes up, she struggles the whole time, but she, she, you know, barely keeping her head above water. And she was really vulgar. I work on the cleaner side. Yeah. And, uh, so, but she, she got by during her set, the, the, the police came in, by the way, and just pulled somebody out of the audience. <laughs> like, oh, we got him. He's here watching comedy. That's the guy. And they grabbed this dude. And I was like, what is going on here? I remember there's two guys that came up to me like, you're the comedian. We're the freak brothers. I remember him saying that we're the freak brothers. <laughs> had this weird earring. They had tattoos and they were like, one was skinny and one was fat. And I was like, what is, it's like, I went to a, a circus. It was crazy. <laughs> and the whole time I'm just like, you know, from the second I walked into the place, I was like, um, I'm, I'm doomed, you know, but there's still a little party as a comedian. It's like, I'll figure out a way, you yeah. know? So I went up and I just ate it for like, I was supposed to do 45. I did 38. I just ate it. And, um, People were leaving. And during my set, I, I looked over and I saw a biker gang come in. These guys had these jackets that said, <laughs> Sons of Sam. That's what it said. And um, I'm like, this is just awful. I'm like, God, I want this to be over, you know. So I jump up. It's just not going well. You know, whatever I tried didn't work. People didn't like my comedy or me. It was, it was bad. And um, I end the set. I'm like, thank God that's over. And I'm walking over to the bar to get, I was like, I need a shot and a beer. I need to forget this as quickly. And um, I see the owner walk to the stage. There was a local MC that was like on stage. Hey, but everybody thanks so much. And he had a bucket in his hand. 
the owner was the guy I told you about in the beginning. By the way, this guy was like, you ever seen that movie Roadhouse? This guy was like the kingpin in this little yeah. town. He owned the strip club next door. He had henchmen. I found out later this guy was running drugs through this through this place. It was like, you could feel it. There was a bad energy in there. <laughs> anyway, he gets up on stage. He's got his bucket. He rips the mic out of the MC's hand and he goes hey ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming out tonight and he's like give it up for that first act wasn't she great and instantly i knew when he said first act that so something about the second act was going to be coming out of his mouth he goes and i gotta apologize to you for that second act man did he suck he <laughs> sucked so bad i can't i don't even know how he got booked on the stage he sucked so he must have said suck like i swear he got like 15 <laughs> times and so because I had pissed this guy off, um, I didn't even realize that I pissed him off, but I kind of realized after that he didn't like that I had questioned him about what he was telling me. Um, he was making an example out of me and he wanted me to feel it. So he, goes, he has his bucket. He goes, you know what? That guy's, I mean, another stuff. That guy sucked. I, I tell you what, if you, I got tickets for shows for next week in this bucket. If you walk up on stage here, which wasn't a stage, the middle of the dance floor, and come grab a ticket, you can come back and uh, see a free a show for free next week. So he kind of used me as a way to like promote next week's yeah. show and crush me and also compliment the pretty middle act that he was trying to hook up with. <laughs> and anyway, I'm over by the bar and I could I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, I couldn't believe it was happening. And, and that's never happened ever before or since, you know, and uh, the, the middle act, I can't remember her name was Tracy something, I think, but she, I remember her mouthing to me, she goes, I'm so sorry. Like in the middle while it's happening yeah. to me, like, I'm so sorry this is happening to you right in this moment. And uh, that was probably the worst, uh, you know, bomb situation I've ever had. The fact that I bombed, not only did I bomb, but the, the, owner of this venue went up and trashed me in front of me afterward. Man. <laughs> and then and I was like, I got paid. I did get paid because the way this, um, the way the comedy zone worked, I don't know if it was even legal, but I had to pick up extra money to send back to them, you know? So, uh, <laughs> you know, that was back in the day. Hey, so I got, <laughs> yeah. So I had to pick up extra money to send back to the, uh, the booking agency. But, um, I did get paid. And then I remember like, I'm just a normal guy that grew up in the suburbs. Like I got in a little bit of trouble, I, you know, but I remember for some reason, a whole new little part of my, the dark part of my brain took over. I was like, Oh, I'm going to slash all the tires in the parking lot and burn this <laughs> building down. <laughs> and it literally crossed my mind. And I was like, I've never had a dark thought like that, that really, you know, for, for half a second, I was like, yes burn it down you know but then i realized that i just had to get the hell out of there that town before i was scared actually at my um my hotel that night that yeah. they were gonna come by or something i don't know man it <laughs> the was crazy brothers come knocking on your door <laughs> dude it was straight out of a movie it was it was so weird but um yeah, yeah. i don't know uh what made you ask me that but um <laughs> That was the worst bomb. Yeah. We're going to bring up bad memories for you so you can go back. Yeah. To thanks for bringing up the time I almost got murdered by a rocket. And then by the time I almost got murdered by the small town kingpin. This is, Matt's, this is Matt's, Matt Santos podcast of it, bad memories. It just makes me feel yeah. better about my, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, we've let, all been through it, right? Let, I mean, every, every comic has been through that. I've, um, I've, I've actually had a venue when I went to get the money stand there with their muscle and say, I feel like you owe me money. And then <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> luckily a I'm a big guy. So I was like, I don't know about that. Cause I, I was just like, this is, this is a standoff now of how we're going to get paid. <laughs> but they were like, cause this show was really bad. It was, it, people would rather stand outside in the cold and smoke than listen to the comic that was on stage. And so they, they, when I went to get the cash, they were like, I feel like you owe us cash. So we had to negotiate right. <laughs> how we were going to get out of there without brawling. So, wow. What's, where was that? It was cold. <laughs> so where you're coming, 
is Prescott, and next week it won't be as cold, but it'll be in the 40s. So okay, so you guys are so, at a higher so, elevation. So pack a sweatshirt. I, I always get, I always get told that I don't explain that when comics come up here, and sometimes they come up and be like, "It's colder than Phoenix. It's about twenty degrees colder." So whatever it's going to be in Phoenix, it'll be twenty degrees cooler. Does it ever snow there? Because I feel like I saw a snow picture when I like put it into Google Maps or something. Yeah, we it got snow now. Yeah, we got ah. some snow uh, over the last couple of weeks. There's still a little bit scattered around, but nowhere near like where JC's at. He's, he's. We're a mile high. That's thus the name of the podcast, the Mile High Show. Um, but we're at a mile high elevation, and then Flagstaff, where JC is, is another what twenty two thousand feet. You're like seventy five hundred or so. Or so. Oh, yeah, really? Thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. So you're higher than Denver. Yeah. So Flagstaff. we isn't we're Denver s- like. It's mile What's Denver, high. like five. My, it's about mile, right? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense because yeah, you, that's their whole thing, right? You stole it. You stole so it. We're, from we're, yeah. <laughs> so we're so where where I live, it's a ski town. So it's a lot like Durango. You ever been to Durango? Durango, Colorado. No. Uh, so Durango, no. Colorado. I've is heard a of ski it. Though. Town. Prescott's kind of a lower elevation, so they do get snow. Last year, about this time, I kept looking. It did snow out the show. Luckily, we're at a warm part of the year where it's yeah. not as cold, so the snow doesn't stick around. Even if it does snow, it'll melt. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this before, and then uh, <laughs> that's so funny that they always say the most boring, like uh, idle chit chat you can have with like a neighbor is like, "How's what about this weather?" And here we are. <laughs> but um, I am interested to know to how how warm does Flagstaff get in the summertime? Does it still get that crazy uh, no. desert heat? No. no. Okay. So we're we're in a forest, so that's what I kind of relate. So if you're in California, what's what's like what's forest California? Like where's where's redwoods and all that stuff? So that's up in uh, that's up in like near San Francisco, but yeah. there is a um, there is I can't remember what it's called, but it's like I think it's called the Los Angeles Forest. And so there's an area, big, big bear, uh, Lake there. Arrowhead, yeah. Lake Arrowhead, Big Bear. Yeah, you get up so, there, it's it'll cool down. So, so up here, the highest for the summer, usually if it's not, usually around July, it'll get possibly sometimes in the 90s, but most of the time it's in the 80s. But mm-hmm. we we stay in around the 40s to 60s up until about probably June. And then June will start yeah. like 70. So it's nice during the summer. Dude, That's why people I love like it. it. Yeah. I, I moved out here, what, 20 years ago from up near the Oakland area. But uh, Flagstaff and even go higher up into the mountains or the, the other direction, like into the Payson, Sholo area. That reminds me a lot of like Reno and Tahoe. If you've been up uh, by Lake Tahoe area up that way. Yeah. Yeah. You've been to, you've, I, shot you've been to the Grand- I shot a man in Reno. <laughs> you've been to Grand Canyon? Yes, I stopped by the Grand Canyon when I when I left New York to drive to L.A. Then there you go. I used to flight Flagstaff to Grand Canyon. I stopped there and I barely made it before sundown. And I sat there and I was like, "All right, there it is." <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> kind of like in vacation. Yeah. All right, kids, yeah. let's go. <laughs> it's about how I feel when I first saw. It. I was like, "It's just a big hole." The one thing that surprised me about the Grand Canyon is they don't have rails along some of the edges of the canyon. And yeah. stupid-ass people always walk close to the edge, and they fall to the bottom right. of that canyon. And I'm always curious yeah. how many deaths are not reported of people who've fallen. Because there's villages down there where people live, and how many people have fallen to the bottom. <laughs> right. That'd be good. We should ask Chad GPT. We should, we should <laughs> research this. Well, let, well yeah, I mean, that's how the earth thins out the herd, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Booze in the Grand Canyon. And well, just to let you boat. know, when, when you're going to be here, the high in Prescott right now is projected to be about the highs of 44. Ah, wonderful. I like, I like the cold weather. So, but it's a cool, it's a cool room seats. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty intimate seats about 80. And, uh, okay. and it's, it's a, it's a nice little spot. We get a good, uh, now the area up here is, uh, probably more conservative than you're used to, especially in LA, 
but the the audience yeah. with the Elks are their patrons, so they're big supporters of the arts and music and and different uh, different genres of of entertainment that the Elks brings. So you're getting the the more liberal of the conservative group, but uh, skews a little older than most crowds. But it's uh, we get a good group. We get a good we get a good we do it every well, month. We just talked about my age, right? That was uh before, that was pre-recording, right? That was yeah. before you started hit record. Yeah, yeah, I don't need that out there as a matter of public record. No, I don't care. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really talk a whole lot about barely any. I don't do yeah. talk about politics anyway, so it doesn't matter. But it's it's well, it's a good room. It's a lot of fun up there. The last comic we just had here, Paul Farvar. Yeah, I know Paul. He, yeah, he said he's friends with you. So yeah. He did really well in that room, and uh, he's he's lying. I, I know him, but we're not. I wouldn't call him fr- a friend. <laughs> he, said, he says you guys hang out, and so yeah. no, he he didn't say that. But <laughs> no, he, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I know Paul. We hung out. We hang out. He, he did really well in that room, and that and the um, the one thing we got to mention too is it's a fundraiser show for the Elks too. They give money for the proceeds they get off of their liquor sales go back to mm-hmm. the um, uh, education for the. Is it like the programming for arts for the kids? The, the, a bunch. Oh, cool. their, their foundation gives money to a ton of local schools and different arts programs. And then like the room we're in and then our quote unquote green room down the hall is another performance spot, a little a smaller one where they do dance classes and a lot of different things. So they donate a lot of their time and money to a lot of youth organizations for the arts. So that's did, cool. Did you did you JC explain to Andy about the uh, about the structure of the show, or were you going to save that for a secret? For the structure of the it, show does that have anything to do with a uh, no? Here, here, a- no here, here's what they did. They so they want to sell alcohol, right? So oh, they want to do a uh, intermission. They want to do an intermission, but Matt stays up there and does like a TED talk with the crowd <laughs> and hangs out with them and keeps keeps them engaged. But they are an older crowd, so it's not so much about the alcohol as much as about as a bathroom break. Yeah. So sure. some of them are restless. But we do have the way I've never done that before until I worked with this uh, organization. I had to ask one of my comic friends, Mark Cortez, on how to do that because he does a lot of shows like this, and so he gave me ideas. So we kind of have we don't leave, we don't ever leave the stage empty. So we kind of do an intermission in between. Yeah, it it sounds oh, like a wow. show killer, but it actually works pretty well. And uh, no, I've been around that before. Yeah. I've been around that before. It's not a big deal. I've been. I did shows in England, and they they have an intermission. Same thing. Uh, and I don't remember them having anybody on stage. They just, but people were you know conditioned to do that. They're like, okay, fifteen minute break, and I think they make out in the bar area. They make it announce. Someone goes out and goes, okay, five minutes, five minutes, and then. The MC goes back and kind of um, takes the bullet in case people are still getting seated, and then yeah, um, yeah then the headliner goes on. So that's so, that's cool with me. Yeah, and it, it works out pretty well. We usually it's it's between five and eight minutes. It's not too long, and, uh, uh, and like okay. I said, I just stay up there and kind of keep it going until the bulk of the room's back in, and and it it, it works really well. So let's flip it a little bit. We'll get out of death threats and bombings. Think back to uh, when you first started headlining, and uh, mm-hmm. what was the first, if you have it in mind, the first show that it really, really went great? You walked away going, this is why I'm in the business. What was that first? I still haven't, ha- I still haven't had that show. <laughs> um, you, have you guys had? I didn't, do people have that? No, um, <laughs> JC does every day. Every time he's on stage, the audience doesn't necessarily experience it, but JC does. <laughs> yeah, you ever been around a, a comedian that? Uh, I'm not saying you like you're like this, JC, but I have been around comedians who are like I got ten new minutes, and they go up and just eat it for ten minutes, and they come off and like I got it pretty good. That went great. And you're like, were we? We watching the same. Are we in the same reality right now? Did we in another timeline. I just did this last night. There's a <laughs> casino show, and we're in the green room. And the comic that's featuring for this casino show for the headliner was just talking up a storm about everything he does. 
So I go on and I do the first part of the show. I'm hosting. I let I bring him up, and it just brings the room down fast. And he's kind of theatrical, so he's doing singing. He's trying everything he can to do what he can get this go room back together. Literally then tap he, dancing. <laughs> then he then he starts insulting everybody, and the crowd again is. This casino is a lot of older people from this small community, so they weren't they were they were giving him more material by heckling him. And then afterwards, he was like, oh, it was fun. <laughs> it was like, that wasn't fun at all. I had to go back up there and fix the room back up for the headliner because it was just so, it was disturbing. And the fact that you had to do 30 minutes of that is just like, I wish they would have just left. Just get off, man. Uh, text me his name uh, off the, <laughs> off the uh, But I will tell you, I mean, comedians, this... I've been doing this over 25 years. And when you if you're, you walk into a green room and the comedian starts immediately to the other comedians, starts name dropping and uh, talking about all their credits and all of these crazy things they got going on. And more than likely, they're going to stink. <laughs> That's how it goes. The ones who really... They have this need to like puff up their chest and talk about how all the good things they got going on. Usually they stink. The quiet ones are uh, usually the good ones. They're the ones that are neurotic sitting there in their notebook. And I'm somewhere in between. I like to brag a lot, but no, I'm kidding. Well, we'll remind everybody um, again, andyhendrickson.com on your website. You've got some late night clips, uh, specifically your, your Letterman spot. How yeah. how was that? How how was going on to Letterman for for you? Because we're we're of the age where I mean I grew up watching Johnny Carson and that's where I was first I think you know watching with my dad first introduced to stand up pretty much, and for a, one yeah. generation of of comics getting on the Tonight Show with Carson was that was it that was the 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 launching point for careers, and then for another group there performing on and for Letterman had to be huge for you, right? Yeah. I mean, it was uh, a long time ago now, but the show was a really still popular late night show at the time. That's, this is before like people really, I mean, there was cable obviously it wasn't that long ago anyway, but uh, it was a popular show and I think it was well-respected amongst the comedians. Like that was the one to get on. That was the hard one to get on. That was, the best one to get on. And I was living in New York and it's a, it's a really kind of long story, but I, I didn't get it easily. I really had to, um, I had to will that to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I, I met the new, the new bookers, my roommate had done the show and I went with him. He, this was the second time doing the show with new bookers. I met the new bookers and then, you know, I sent them a tape and, got on a showcase and then they were like, then they were like, okay, well, what out, out of that set, what would you like to see? What, what jokes would you want to do? It was like an eight minute set. And I went on, you know, went around the city for a few months until I finally got this perfect five minute set and I sent it to them. And I, you know, there's, you're waiting, you don't hear back, but you can't bother them because they're important people. And finally they get back and I go, nah, but that's good. But we like these jokes. Just, I said, oh, you know, I wish you guys would have just told me that in the first time. So I had to put together a new set with the jokes that they picked from my showcase. And then I, they, they liked that. And then I had to showcase in front of the producers. And uh, that was on a Monday night at Caroline's. And uh, I remember Michael Che from Silent Live. He was on that showcase. And everyone was eating it. Not eating it, but it was tough. It was a tough crowd on a Monday night, Caroline's, you know, not that many people. And you're like, this is not a great environment to be doing a life change, potentially life changing audition. But Che went up and uh, I remember sitting there and go like just his presence. He, I don't know what it's, there's some kind of magic there, but he, he shifted the whole energy of the room. And then he did like Letterman, like two or three weeks later, they immediately was like, I, Plus, he had some topical stuff. Anyway, it was great. I finally got the call, and a friend of mine had done the show, and he got bumped uh, because his name is Moody McCarthy. I think it was because Drew Brees was on the stage talking about 
Katrina, mm. the hurricane. And they, it was just such a bummer that I think Letterman called an audible and said, let's just do one more segment with Drew Brees and let's bring this comic back another time. We don't want to bring him up after, you know, cause he used to be a comic, so he doesn't yeah. want to. Hey, Hurricane Katrina, everyone died. Uh, here's your comedian. So uh, for some reason in my head, I was like, I'm going to get bumped. I just had it in my head. I'm going to get bumped. And I remember the guy comes, he goes, okay, they bring me down. I'm standing off to the side of the stage and Letterman's off at his desk. I've been watching this show since I was in college, you know, and before that, even in high school. And I'm like, he's doing a bit with the phone. And then the guy's like, okay, uh, uh, when we, we're come back from a break and then you're on, I was like, whoa, but I had prepped for that. I'd, I'd gone with a friend of mine, uh, Nick Griffin, super funny, super funny comic. And, uh, I got to see what it looked like from backstage. And I also went with a friend and I sat in the audience. So I, I mean, I, I studied that from every single angle the set i i went through talked to all the comedians who done late night shows and like prepped like what's the best way to set it up and you know callbacks eliminate do i eliminate callbacks making an opener super uh get to the punchline really quick in the first joke and but i remember once i got to that once i got my first laugh it was um i just in my head i was just like i'm just in a theater and i'm just telling jokes and it, it went great so I don't know if that was interesting to you. No, it's fascinating. Uh, yeah. But uh, the JC was like looking at his at his phone. He's got. I'm getting. I'm getting. Te- I'm getting text messages <laughs> about your transportation as I'm talking. Oh no, I know. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, but um, yeah. So it was it was an incredible experience. And then um, you know, you don't really get to meet Dave though. He comes over and shakes your hand after. Yeah. And um, someone had told me that he looks a lot older in person, and that. Uh, uh, I remember he shook my hand and then whatever he said, good job, or that was great. Thank you or whatever. And then uh, he's making announcements for the following upcoming show. And I, you can see I'm just staring at the wrinkles on the side of his eyes. <laughs> I'm just like staring at him. Like, like, yeah, he is a little bit older. I was in the, and it was weird. And then I caught myself. I'm like, dude, you're on TV. Turn around. You know, and then I was like, Hey, all right. Yeah. But um, you, uh, so that was, was really 20, cool that was 20 years ago. No, 20. That was uh, 11 years ago. Uh, this March, it'll be 11 years ago. Nice. Yeah. No, it's a great clip. But, um, what, can, can you walk us through real quick, and then, and then we'll let you go. I know we're, you're getting a, we're, we've been going a little long here, but I, I'm curious about uh, the process for dry bar. J- JC and I were talking about this last night. What was the process? Because that, that special is incredible, the dry bar uh, especially you have on links on your YouTube oh, as you. well as as well as the dry bar YouTube. And uh, there's a, a, a huge dry bar audience up in this area. So they're very familiar with oh. dry bar. But what was the process for you to get that, get that done? And, and then talk about how that briefly talk about how that affected your, uh, your career. That funny enough, I did it early on before dry bar was really a thing. You know, there was this group, called uh angel studios or something and they had a streaming service that provided movies to the mormon community that where you could go and watch regular movies but you can click whatever filters and somehow they figured out a way to like filter that out right and so they were looking for clean content for this streaming service and i just thought well this is going to go to the people who who have that streaming service and that's it and so um, the guy who books that reached out to me. I don't know if, how he got my name, but he asked me if I wanted to do it. At first, I was like, what is this? I didn't even know what it was. And I couldn't do it the first time around. So I ended up doing like the next season. And to me, I was like, I'm just going to do kind of like a, a mix of some of my new stuff and some of my old greatest hits and um, get some good clips and and get a paycheck and then uh that was it it wasn't even dry bar wasn't even like a thing back then it was but then they got they got smart and they started putting on social media and things started blowing up and um it hasn't been like a life-changing thing or anything but i've definitely got like some good nice corporate gigs out of it and people come to my shows and they go oh yeah we saw your dry bar we loved your dry bar and so 
it's been a it's been a pretty cool pretty cool thing um i i still regret i have this one bit that i didn't do on dry bar because i was saving it because i thought i was going to get it on uh tv like the tonight yeah. show or something and and uh i didn't get that bit on the tonight show and i feel like if i would have done it on dry bar that it really it's a it's a joke about getting lost on the internet which is a perfect place for a uh a bit to go viral like it's anyway but um maybe i'll do it you know what i'll do it when i, when I get to press kit. do it do it in press kit <laughs> nice i'll do it in press kit but uh yeah it was a good experience yeah do you uh so is it true though the dry bar i've never been on a dry bar i've had friends on there that you can't even say like god or anything like that yes. or you can't you won't be on the show they asked you to avoid that. Yeah. They, they, they said there's clean and then they called it. And then there's pro we shoot it in Provo, Utah. They said, and then there's Provo clean. Yeah. I, I, you know, the family is, is, a uh, important to that community. Don't even say the word God. It's like blasphemous. If you say it in the wrong context. Yeah. You, and, you have, um, you, have you know, one, it's just different, but you have one bit on there about your, uh, uh, now I'm drawing a blank. I don't know if it was your your brother or your friend who was about to be married, and it was the the tootsie tootsie roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A great bit, and then you. But what caught yeah. me by surprise being on the dry bar, and again, it was completely clean. But we're saying uh, the the third the third lick was that she got pregnant, and I was like, ooh, right. I, I wonder how they let that fly through because that was before marriage. <laughs> Right. And I remember you, you sometimes as a comedian, you have a sense of the crowd, yeah. right? And you have a sense of what's going to work and what's not going to work. But sometimes you, maybe you have a joke that has a few parts to it and you'll start to tell the joke and you're like, oh, I like this joke. I'm going to share it. I'm going to tell this joke. And then you get a few words in and you're like, Oh yeah, this joke's not going to work with this crowd. But you're it's too late. The the what do they say the horse has left the barn or whatever. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I got to finish the joke. So you just do the joke to your best ability knowing that it's probably not going to land, you know. But um that was that situation. I can't remember. I feel like that landed okay. Oh, no, that landed great. That landed yeah. great. That yeah. was a great bit. Uh and yet dry bark I just had it up here. Drybarcomedy.com. Their YouTube uh, channel is huge, and you've got a bunch of clips on your own YouTube. I want to make sure because you, oh, one other thing that I, on your YouTube that just had me rolling. It looked like you maybe did it during uh, during COVID. You had your uh, your had to had to make hand sanitizer at home. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That was good. So a lot of great <laughs> clips. Your full yeah, special. I saw you like that post or uh, the the um where I kind of mocked the airline announcements by oh. like, sitting in a car with my buddy. That was that one who, came who, out good. Who, who was that on there? That was great. He's awesome. That's Danny Jollis. He's he's great. He he's a good actor and a and a really funny comedian. Some great clips. Uh Andy Hendrickson.com. YouTube is Andy Hendrickson Comedy. Your Facebook channel, um, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Links to all of that on AndyHendrickson.com. JC, where can folks find you? What haven't you been murdered and kicked off of? I've been banned from Facebook, so I'm not on Facebook, but <laughs> Comic JCA, that's my new handle. So you can find me on all the social at Comic JCA. But I'm not the most important person in the yeah. show. And Andy, you you don't have a you didn't have a link to it on your website, but your uh, your TikTok channel also has has a lot of great clips on it as well. I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, well, I should get on that. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking forward to having you in Prescott at the Elks Theater on the twenty second this coming Thursday, uh, and then that weekend on uh, Friday and Saturday at Stir Crazy as well. We're going to have this up in a day or so, so people will uh, ho hopefully uh, get a chance to click on your links and check them out. A good friend of mine, Steve Stockmar, who was at Stir Crazy with me a week or so ago, 
did a write-up on uh, for their calendar page. He's a journalist down in Glendale, and he uh, he promoted your uh, your stir crazy shows down there as well. Well, thank you for for logging in and letting me record this with you, JC. Thanks for joining you joining us as well. And I'm really looking forward to uh, meeting you in person and seeing you perform on the 22nd at the Elks Theater in Prescott. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, looking forward to it. I live out in Los Angeles now. I uh, moved out there a couple years ago. I was in New York for a long time before that. It's an interesting city. It's expensive. I had a roommate up until the age of 42. That's not funny. I'm a grown-up. <laughs> Guys may have roommates. They call them wives and children. I called mine Keith. (laughs) Keith is from the South. He's very sarcastic. He used to always correct my grammar. That's not a good combination. I walk into the apartment. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, I'm doing good. He goes, actually, you're not doing good. See, when you say that, it implies you're out in the community doing good for mankind. You should say, I'm well. Let's try it again. (laughs) How you doing? I'm angry. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to smother you in your sleep, Keith. <laughs>